This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You were listening to the December 28th, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag. We're part of this podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. And we are brought to you by the fine folks over at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. And I really just want to take a quick moment and say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and everything out there for this holiday weekend. The kids are home, the house is loud. It is good to be back and talking to you, fine folks. This week 17 of the season, it's championship week again. I don't know why, but some of you crazy kids have the big game in week 17. Now, I've actually scolded this method for a long time, but to be honest, some of you have given some, I guess, justifiable reasons as to why uh, they enjoy this, each their own, I guess. But if you are one of these crazy kids, you likely don't need me to tell you why it's important, above all else, to hone in on team and player motivation above all this week, uh, first and foremost. Injury statuses, players that are not going to play, maybe not as motivated to play. Uh, on the flip side, maybe some are going for awards, achievements, accolades as such. Uh, so we're going to answer all the questions for the week regarding player and team outlooks, dynasty slants, DFS rants, you name it. But before we do dive right, uh, right in, let's uh, take a look at that motivation. And I'm going to be uh, doing this fairly quickly here because of the holiday season. I wasn't able to get somebody on here to come uh, dulce at the, the airwaves with, with me this, this week. So what are you going to do? You know, you're going to get me. But anyway, so right off the bat, we've got eliminations here. Cleveland, Miami, Denver, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Jacksonville, New York Jets, and Oakland. And then Washington, Green Bay, Atlanta, Carolina, the Giants, Tampa Bay, Detroit, San Fran, and Arizona. They are all out. And of course, through the show, maybe you have some uh, anomalies where somebody might be motivated. But nevertheless, uh, the Texans can get home field with a win plus more. The Chargers are motivated to win. The only problem is they need a little bit of help, right? So I, I don't see your Chargers players. You know, I think they're going to go into it fresh and they're going to want to win, but they need help, like, you know, KC losing and such. So that's, that's a kind of an iffy situation there. Colts need a win. Titans want to win. Uh, but Mariota, apparently, according to Dr. Chow, is still numb four or five days later on. So despite the significance of the game, uh, Mariota is definitely in doubt here. Uh, Steelers are on the outside looking in. I think they have something of a 17% chance of actually getting into the playoffs. But nevertheless, all systems go on all your Steelers this week. 
somehow both the Rams and the Bears play the 325 game, the late game, and uh, they won't know the results there. Uh, of course, the Bears had the leg up and the head-to-head there, but so long as the Rams win, and they should decidedly, if we're being honest, against San Fran, their 10-point faves going into this thing. Uh, it looks like the Rams are going to be able to take this. The interesting thing, though, is the Bears, you know, they're, they're locked into the three seed for this week here. And, you know, there's a chance that they could come out in the second half, see that the Rams are just, you know, 14 points up and just, you know, it's probably why the Vikings are five or six point faves in this one, according to the fine folks over at Vegas here. Because at the end of the day, the, the Mitch Trubisky's of the world, the Jordan Howard's, Tariq Cohen's, you know, they, they might just end up taking uh, a seat on the bench and riding the pine here in maybe Q4. So something to think about there. Uh, Eagles and Vikes still hanging around by a thread and are motivated. Of course, the Vikings we just uh, kind of alluded to as favorites here. They need this win. The Eagles need some win and some help. Dallas can't get anything. Uh, according to Jerry Jones, they're not going to be resting their players, but we have some uh, evidence where they have lied to us in the past and then ended up sitting all their dudes, sitting all the dudes. So we're expecting not much from the starters from Dallas, and you can uh, eventually get the g against the second unit. Some more to come from there. Uh, Baker and Cleveland still want to prove who they are and want to snuff Baltimore. Uh, uh, so I guess there's some narrative street there. Something to play for, certainly on the Baltimore side. Saints are locked into their spot. Uh, expect to see a lot of Teddy, Dwayne Washington, Kirkwood, uh, Austin Carr, and, and many more scrubs to come. So uh, uh, <laughs> if you're a DFS player out there, get that GPP spin wheel going should you choose. Uh, George Kittle, I guess, is trying to get the receiving record. So uh, despite the Rams matchup, uh, all systems go there. Seattle is locked into a 5 or a 6 seed here. So... You know, they could sit somebody. They they probably should sit somebody. Somebody like Doug Baldwin, for instance, uh, Rashad Penny. You know, these guys that are just kind of hobbled going into this, may as well give them some rest here. It Really, all it means is that they're either going to be playing in Chicago or they're going to be playing in Dallas. I'd rather play in Dallas. That's just me. Um, so what say you? But I think, you know, Pete Carroll munching on his gum. I think they're going to be giving it a go here. Um, Green Bay, Devontae Adams going for uh, all team receiving records, catch records, touchdown records, you name it here. So, um, you know, despite the pace down play, you should expect Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers to get him going in that record. In the ATL, Julio and Tevin haven't practiced all week. They're not going to. They're going to enter the weekend with a Q tag. So more to come on that, but it could be Brian Hill's season, for crying out loud. Uh, do do need to note, though, that Jeremy Lankford, uh, another preseason um, hashtag two years ago type of play, he was activated from the practice squad last year, or last week, I should say. So should Tevin Coleman sit, there is a chance that Jeremy Langford gets a little bit of passing down work as well as well. So I wouldn't expect an 80% type of market share from Brian Hill, um, but definitely going to be a superb play. Uh, Denver, Philip Lindsay's out in Week 17, so that means Royce Freeman is going to get early down work, but I would expect something uh, coming from Devontae Booker in the passing game as well. So that kind of gives you everything in a nutshell and what to expect for this week. Hey, look, it's week 17. Rotoviz season is just underway. We're going to be covering all the playoffs, all the dynasties, slants, rants, 
prospects, profiles, things of that nature. So again, this season is just ending, but we are just starting. So get on over for a 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your sub gives you unlimited access to all of our content and also supports this pod. If you do like this pod, you listen to this pod, get over to iTunes and give it a five-star rating. Uh, rate the Rotoviz radio channel, rate the Fantasy Football Mailbag channel, get over over there and do us a salad and hit that rate button and we're going to be going live on this show here for a few more weeks we're in here heading up i believe until super bowl weekend if i'm not mistaken here so stick around we'll still continue to have more guests on and get that dynasty content up and running for you as well and if you're a fan of this show do us a salad five dollars a month it's all it costs to be a part of our elite exclusive patreon that's patreon.com slash word of his radio and if you have any questions you want answered on this show just email us word of his radio at gmail.com and uh we'll go ahead and get those answered for you on the show all right so the first question we got for this week here redraft ppr i have saquon barkley but i'm wondering if he sees limited work i also have jamal williams and i'm wondering why uh i'm playing this week i know the pack and lions are out but there's no one on the depth chart for green bay Am I getting cute here? I can only start two, and my other option is a tier below with uh, maybe limited motivation in DJ, David Johnson. So, yeah, Tricky, I, because you're going a full tier below, I'm still going to say go ahead and give Saquon Barkley the nod here. Uh, and I don't think it's as obvious as most people think. There is a narrative out there that the G-men are highly motivated to play Barkley because they want to prove uh, they, they weren't completely ignorant in taking a running back in the first round as highly as they did, and he is no longer a lock for uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, with the emergence of Baker Mayfield and even Sam Darnold coming into the play there. So nevertheless, I mean, I think there is... Uh, a probabilistic outcome that kind of realizes the fact that Saquon Barkley could sit, you know, the third, even the fourth quarter, quite frankly, if they're going to end up rolling, uh, playing against second unit Dallas late in that game here. So it is something to think about. Jamal Williams, <laughs> you know, I, I think he's a fine play this week. If you have him, go ahead and load him up. Um, but yeah, so go ahead and play Jamal, go ahead and play Barkley and go ahead and gosh, I can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah, I'd play Jamal over DJ there. Redraft PPR. If the Packers are going for gusto, would that mean Detroit tried to keep pace or they're going to mail it in anyways? I really just need to know if I can use Kenny G versus this secondary that let Robbie A, Robbie Anderson, that is whale on him. Other options for the spot, Sterling Shepard or Jarvis Landry, um, you know, this is an interesting one here. Kenny Galladay is injured. It looks like he's going to be good to go with a chest injury, I believe. And, and you know, this is where he's getting all the target share. they got nothing to play for in Detroit. You can see this game going a couple different ways. Maybe they try to pick it up and actually keep pace here, or maybe they just kind of mail it in. Like, really, what motivation does Detroit have to keep Kenny, Kenny Galladay going in this game? Um, they don't, right? I mean, that's it. They're done. So it, the prudent thing to do would be, you know, Kenny G, it has been a phenomenal year for you, and uh, let's go ahead and just keep you on the bench for next season. But I, I don't think they're going to do that. So I think we're still going to see a 
phenomenal workload here for Kenny G in the same spot that Robbie Anderson was was in last week, the same spot that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was in the week before. So all systems go there for Kenny G. Uh, Robbie Anderson as well. I mean, if, if you're a DFS player, you do realize, I believe, an $800 price tag hike over on DK there. But, I mean, for my goodness, 10 targets, 11 targets, 12 targets all in the last three weeks. If you're just looking at that last three-week window here, I mean, he's 2K too cheap over on the sites, and I know people are not going to want to play Robbie Anderson potentially because he did have a price increase. Uh, the elements are not as good going into New England. Of course, shadow coverage against a good cornerback. Quite frankly, I don't give a damn about all that. If you're giving me 10 to 12 targets a week at under 6K, 5.3 or whatever he is, I'm going to play that all day. So definitely doing that. Um, this is where I normally uh, ask the guest here and apologize for my nasalness here, just fighting through something here for the past few days, and uh, hopefully it goes away soon. But best or worst purchases. So I'm going to be very candid here. I walk around the house, and I'm not a very good role model because I have earbuds in my ears all the time. I always have one ear open. Uh, sometimes I... You know, maybe not paying as much attention as I need to because I'm listening to all the fine podcasts out there in the network. So I would say, however, whether it was the Jaybirds or the the Beats Wireless, Powerless, whatever whatever they're called, uh, a couple of those. You, you need a pair of nice wireless earbuds so you're not constrained by the cord. Uh, and now that's the safety thing, right? Like I'm sure it's much healthier to not have wireless earbuds, but they're much more compatible for day-to-day -day life. So earbuds all day, every day. Worst purchase is going to be kind of related here is the hearing aid I never bought and I never planned to buy. It will be the worst purchase because then I have to hear everything around me. I have to hear all the kids pitter-patter and screaming and yelling and crying and whining and all that stuff that I really love, right? So, um, I'm never getting that hearing aid, and I am hard of hearing for what it's worth. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. That would, that would make things too, too real for me. Uh, DFS here. Hey, Gummy, what are you looking for in cash games at the main spots this week? So, right off the bat, I mean, and, and look, I'm not one you should be completely listening to for DFS. Like, I play, I have a good time here, uh, but we do, in fact, have the On the Daily podcast, so make sure you're checking that out. Um, but, I mean, roll back your bankroll a little bit. I mean, I, you know, you could say the flip side, this is an informational uh, slate. If you're on your P's and Q's and you're paying attention, you should be able to capitalize where other people may potentially be making mistakes. Uh, at quarterback, I can tell you, it's probably going to be pretty chalky, giving all the value that we have for a lot of people to just go up to Mahomes or even Ben Rott there. Uh, but man, I I'd still I just can't pay that much for a quarterback position with a truncated range of outcomes there, and I, you know they're not going to need to do a lot to beat Oakland, right? So I mean. Do I really need to pay 7K for two to three touchdowns? I mean, okay, if he gets four touchdowns and burns me, fine. But I'm looking in that low 6K range, A-Rod. Uh, Brady's at 6K. I probably won't go there. I mean, if you're going YOLO and GPPs, maybe you give Teddy a look. Um, but, yeah, it's probably A-Rod. It's probably Goff at 6.2, maybe even Allen, Josh Allen at 6K. That's likely the range I'm going to be in here. 
You're not going up at quarter uh, at running back here. I mean, Gurley's likely going to sit. We don't have any confirmation of that. So that, you know, all systems go. C.J. Anderson there. I'd like to use Melvin Gordon, but you have to relegate him into GPP only at 8.4K. The bottom line is, you know, they're probably going to limit his workload. they got to keep him healthy going into the playoffs. Uh, You're not going to cash Royce Freeman. You're not going to cash Devontae Booker. Uh, You are going to potentially cash uh, Brian Hill, though, at 3.9K if we get word that Tevin Coleman is out. I mean, you know, that's just kind of like a gimme-type play there. Barkley is at 8.2, so, you know, only a $300 price hike. And, of course, you know, we've got the pretty strong narrative streak going on there. But, you know, I think you can fade Barkley. It's week 17. You know, there's plenty of running back value this week. So I'm looking to go a little bit more balanced across the board where I'm normally hashtag uh, team jam them in. There's just nobody to jam in. And you're not going to use McCaffrey and Cash. I don't think you need to go Barkley there. So, and, and James Conner is going to be 7.5. I think we need some more news in terms of usage there. But, you know, Jalen Samuels has proven his worth there. So even if Conner's all system go, I don't see how he doesn't uh, concede some workload now to Jalen Samuel. So some iffy question marks there. Uh, pay attention to Damian Williams and Spencer Ware. Really strong play on the sites here if we find out, like, look, I'd rather just keep Damian Williams going out there. He's been the better player in, in, from my vantage point here. and But, you know, chances are they come in and it's an RBBC if Spencer Ware is healthy. So definitely need to pay attention there. But what I would like to do is a Hill, a C.J. Anderson, and either Ware or Damian Williams. And in that range there, and then that really just takes me uh, right into the mid-range at wide receivers like Robbie Anderson, Robert Woods, and uh, Kenny Galladay. Those are the guys. I mean, what I'm struggling with is not getting exposure to Pittsburgh, um, but if you do a lineup like that and you keep your quarterback at, at 6K, like I've kind of mapped out there, that also then lets you get all the way up to Travis Kelsey. The only thing you got to do is use the G-men at like 2.1K, but fine. They're going to go up against second stringers, right? Wow, which does remind me, uh, keep an eye on Rod Smith there. If he gets the Ezekiel Elliott type of workload, whoo, 5.5K there. Uh, good play there. Uh, Julian Edelman uh, just screams cash. Uh, at his price and his workload, Sterling Shepard has been getting all the volume there. And then, I mean, you can even go lower than that. You've got MBS uh, at 3.9. you got the Buffalo guys down there. It looks like uh, Crowder is at least viable for some guaranteed production here as of late. Um, more than likely not going to these guys. Like, just by default, Kendrick Bourne, for crying out loud. I mean, it doesn't look like... Well, we know Pettis is out. We know Brieta is going to be out. So you can go to Jeff Wilson. I don't really like the matchup, but you're getting all the volume there with Jeff Wilson. And uh, Marcus Goodwin is going to be out more than likely as well. So Kendrick Bourne is going to be sitting there. And only him and Kittle are going to be able to to catch passes. But we've seen this happen in the past when uh, Kittle gets all the target volume because nobody else has left. It's also bad target volume as well. So that's, that's the challenge there in the value of the target when everybody else sucks around so um, more to look at there, but that's pretty much where I'm at in a nutshell here. Uh, if I had to become an animate object for a year, what object would I choose to be? All right, I'm going a little bit contrarian on this way. I don't know. I, no, I know nobody has, has done this, but I'm going to say a park bench. 
maybe a bench in an airport as well. I am definitely a people-watching type of dude, and there's nothing better than just sitting down with a good cup of coffee and just watching your surroundings. And generally, you talk to people from time to time. I think that's okay as well, but put me on a bench. Uh, don't put me in the game, coach. Just put me on a bench, and I like to ultimately just see what people are doing around me. Um, but do not sit on the bench uh, right now. If you're looking to get into some action, bowl season is here. It's time to get in the game and get in the action over at my bookie. Do not be that guy or girl with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around and watch the game not this year when there are a record 41 bowl games to bet on, including the national championship on January 7th. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. So make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at my bookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props in town. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during your bowl season, you got to go to my bookie. Look, I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out for yourself. All right? Join now, and my bookie will offer a 50 to, uh, 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for bowl season. Use promo code ROTOVIZ when you deposit to activate your offer. Again, that's promo code ROTOVIZ because at my bookie, you play, you win. You get paid. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, like the 2019 C-Class Sedan and GLC SUV. The perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz Summer Event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Leading right into the Week 17 Fuck, Mary Kill, we're going to go right to the aforementioned quarterbacks there, uh, A-Rod, Goff, Brady, and you can even throw Josh Allen in there right off the bat. I'm going to kill Tom Brady. I, you know, I don't think this is going to be the script for him. I think they're going to be able to use plenty of Sony Michelle. They're still limping in. And, I mean, my goodness, a team that just gets the whole world handed to him on a silver platter in that freaking division it's just, it's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> no, I, I, so I think Brady's fine, but I just, I don't see the volume. I don't think, see the need. Uh, so I would expect a little bit more of a conservative, conservative game plan there. That would take me to, to getting in the bed with Jared Goff. I like the Rams setup this week. And if Gurley's not there, you'd, you would think that they're also going to continue to elevate the passing game. What's interesting, they did use a lot of 12-man sets there, so I do think that kind of it doesn't hurt Goff per se. It just kind of redistributes where those targets are going. So I think Goff is a fine floor type of play with a little bit of upside there. Um, but that means I'm marrying A-Rod, which seems really weird in a week where they don't have anything to play for. They're out of it. But, I mean, this is kind of, at this point, it's like A-Rod's school ball, right? Like, he's just out there 
having some fun, getting some some wide receivers, some records, you know, just having a having a good old time there. So I like a Rod with a air quotes on the Joe Philbin led offense because this is really just a Rod show, and so you want to get behind that in Week 17 against Detroit with nothing to play for, despite the pace down matchup there. If I was given full reign to redesign the food pyramid, what would it look like? All right. I'm I'm not very contrarian here. It's tacos. It's tacos. It's tacos. It's pizza. It's gyros. Love a good buffalo chicken. Uh, love a good jalapeno. Love a good Italian beef jardinere pizza. Um, and also, I wish somebody could come into my stinking refrigerator and just reload the vegetable bowl because there is nothing more grueling than having to sit there and chop up green peppers and red peppers and banana peppers and yellow peppers and red peppers and jalapenos and tomatoes and onions And because I like to do all that and just get that in your bowl for the week and leave it there because now you can just use a tablespoon Take it out and put it in your eggs. Take it out and put it in your pasta. Take it out and put it on your pizza. Like, and it's so versatile, you always need that veggie bowl, but it's a pain in the ass to man, uh, to manage and maintenance. So, uh, but that would definitely be, uh, a top of that food pyramid there. And then, of course, the chalk plays. I mean, gotta have ice cream. Gotta have, uh, cookies. My wife made these to die for white chocolate, chocolate chip cookies this holiday season. Ooh. And, uh, it's not food, but coconut water, LaCroix, bubbly coffee. There it is. That that's pretty much. Uh, oh, steak, eggs. I mean, yeah. That that's you know, like I said, chalk, chalk, chalk. Uh, I'm not going to eat the chalk there. Redraft PPR. Start two out of Chubb, Henry, and Carson. Chubb's in a tough spot. Henry needs to win, and Carson. I mean, I'm yeah. Gosh, like I do not want to sit Chubb here. Um, but I, I don't like the spot for him. I'd rather use Henry and Carson. Uh, Carson would be a superb play, but again, you got to question their motivation and how long they, you know, give these guys uh, reps. And if Carson has been a main cog as of late, and Seattle's up in this game, wouldn't it behoove them to get the ball back over to Mike Davis? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think the floor play is Chubb and Henry there. If you're going for upside, you you got to take Chubb out and go for Carson. Uh, Jordy or Shepard in the flex. I'm still going to go Shepard here. I think there's a little bit more upside here, but I don't want to discount Jordy Nelson this week. Also on DK, I think he's 4.9K in a catch-up type of game against KC. I think Jordy is certainly viable. Just don't expect uh, fireworks. Like It's definitely just a floor play. Can I use Peyton Barber in the flex over Leonard Fournette? What the heck has this world come to? Oh, my gosh. I mean... You know, Peyton Barber gets Atlanta, and I think he had about 20 fantasy points last time they played. What does Fournette have to play for here? Um, Nothing much. So I think, oh, gosh, I guess he'd still go with Fournette. But, again, this is also a spot where they can just say, you know what, Fournette, take a seat. We're going to let this other dude get some work again. And, I mean, uh, Tampa Bay, on the other hand, has given no run to Ronald Jones. Do they start now? Seems kind of unlike un- unlikely at this point, um, and if they're going to be, you know, seeing whatever this Ryan Griffin dude has at quarterback, then you'd think they're going to want to have some sort of trusty running game for him to go to. You don't want to throw him in with, you know, Rook Ronald Jones going. So I think Peyton Barber's a a definitely a good play in seasonal. I think he's a good contrarian play in tournaments. If everybody's going to be on Brian Hill, realistically. 
Peyton Barber is in the same range as a pivot and certainly has the same amount of outcomes in uh, in his potential arsenal there. So definitely like Peyton Barber this week. Uh, Dynasty Outlook, can I get a price check, pulse check on Robbie Anderson again after this previous week's performance? Do I sell him now? Oh, no, no, I don't even need to read the rest of the question. Don't sell Robbie A. They're, they're on the up and up in New York. They have their receiver, and I think he's there. I mean, he's established rapport. He's running more routes that are not just deep routes now, and that's because, you know, Quincy Anunua has not been around. Go, I'm a buyer. Get out and buy Robbie Anderson. It took a while for this to, to, to maturate, but it did. So get on board, stay on board. And, I mean, I don't see any reason why Robbie Anderson is not worth at least a late first-round pick at this point. He should be. And if he's going for second-rounders somehow, some way in Dynasty Leagues, you better do that all day long. If you can get him for a second and third, go for it. Get Robbie A. Um, Shark Tank app that does not exist today. Okay. So every single stinking morning when I leave my house and I take my kids to the babysitters, my my Apple phone tells me, you know, the the address, the time to go, and what traffic is going to look like. And it's quite scary. Quite frankly, it's scary that, you know, in this day and age, everything that I use knows my next move. I mean, there there's no spontaneity in that. It's not like I can go rob a bank, right? I mean, anybody's going to be able to look at my phone and see where I went. But nevertheless, I like the logic. I like the concept. I need that for my home life. I am a parent. I'm busy. I have way too many kids running around here. I need kind of like they have that new insurance that lets you, you know, it test drives you, the driver, for a couple weeks and then gives you a quote. Well, I need an app to test drive me in my house to understand what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, where I'm doing it, why I'm doing it. And then after that two- to three-week period, it's going to send me push notifications into my earbud saying, hey, doofus, it's time to start prepping dinner, or hey, you need to check your kid's homework, or you need to start to get laundry together, or it's time for you to get out there and get the mail, get the bills paid. Like That's the type of app I need, because that's really going to keep me honest. And if somebody gives me an app like that, my goodness, that is worth a million dollars. Shit, what am I doing on the airwaves giving this out? I got to go run a patent on that one. So there it is. We're going to call it Parent Inc. or Parenthood or Parent Need. Parent something or the other. That It's apparent that this app needs to happen. Uh, um, take a favorite or popular movie. Change what letter in the title. What's the new plot? What's it all about? All right. I'm going with a spinoff of 40-year-old version, and I'm going to cheat. I'm going to go 80-year-old version. And it's really just a, you can call it a sequel but it's really an alternate uh, outcome type of 40-year-old version because he never actually loses his virginity in the first, uh, I know, existential, just bad, right? Well, Steve Carroll never loses his virginity um, to the girl who likes to sell things on eBay. He really got in a really bad accident because he was with the girl that likes to sing to Missy Elliott in the car while she's drinking and driving and wants some freaking French toast. And, well, they actually ran into a car, and they both were in critical condition. And he never got a chance, and it just never panned out. So now we fast forward 
30 years, 40 years into the future, and now he's in a nursing home, and he's still talking about how the, the, the Tatas feel like sandbags, but now he's still in a nursing home, and now is his opportunity to get it. So Steve Carroll is now going to be played by Clint Eastwood. That's right, Clint Eastwood, and the 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 elegant lady that he ends up losing his virginity to when he's 80 years old in the nursing home. We're going to make that Jessica Lange. Only because Jessica Lange is awesome, and I've always secretly had a little bit of a crush on Jessica Lange. Uh, so, hey, don't at me, don't hate me. It is what it is, all right? Jessica Lange is a beautiful, beautiful, amazing actress, and there's nothing else to say. So I think the reason I went to 80-Year-Old Virgin is because I really just kind of wanted to bring Jessica Lange into the plot, and I guess that's where we're going to leave it. Phew. Uh <laughs> The moment in history you'd choose to go back to in time and witness in person. Uh, I mean, I'm going chalk here as well. Uh, I just, I'd like to see the birth of Jesus. Nothing else, nothing more, nothing less. That's it. Would love to be there in person and see that in all its amazing glory. Uh, sizzling, smoking, scorching hot take for week 17. Okay. I'm going with Gerald Everett is a top five tight end this week. I know that's hot. Top 10 is probably more realistic. It's probably, he's being projected as like a number 15 tight end. He has seven or eight targets in the last three weeks. On top of that, they did do uh, the aforementioned 12-man sets over the 11-man sets at the expense of Josh Reynolds' snaps and targets. And quite frankly, Gerald Everett is just is, is better. He's bigger. You you see him out there. Dude is just, just a beast out there. And you, Oh, my gosh, who the heck is running down the sideline on that one? He's, he's a red zone threat, and I think he's great for opening up that offense. And so he's versatile, and I think we're going to see him. Now, do you, do you project him over Kittle? Do you project him over Ertz or Kelsey? No, no, no. Ingram, no. Ebron, no. So right around that top five range, I mean, if you're going to give me seven targets to Gerald Everett, he's only 2.8 over there on DK. So going back to what we were talking about in, in roster construction, like, you know, Chris, Evan Ingram's going to be popular. Chris Herndon's going to be popular. If you're not going for one of those those elite guys at the Ertz-Kittle level, and the, the problem is that level is going to be exacerbated this week because of all the lack of motivation and eliminations. So fading those tight ends can get a little bit scary. But if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to go all the way down to a viable play where I know I'm going to see at least five targets there. And I think that's Gerald Everett this week at 2.8. You can use and parlay a play like Gerald Everett, and that affords you if you want to go up at Barkley. But it also, hey, look, you can play Everett, and then you can still put Kelsey in the flex. Like with all this uncertainty in running back, and all these backups that are getting thrust into, like, it's not out of the question that some of these are just going to be ugly plays. And so you get a whole shitload of floor points from your running back positions. You're not sitting too pretty. Where if you use an Everett and then you throw somebody like Kelsey in the flex, uh, you know, in the Edelman range, I certainly think that's viable. So that's something I'm looking at this week. And I uh, really like the prospects of Gerald Everett. And that's nobody 
That's uh, somebody nobody is talking about. So there you go. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag. If you have any questions you want answered on the mailbag, submit them via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com, or on Twitter at rotavizradio. Use the hashtag RVMailbag. So that was it. That was this show uh, week's show. We will be back with a guest next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Get over there to Patreon. Get on iTunes. Give us that five-star. And hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Fantasy Gumshoe. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, bye. For listening to Rotoviz Radio, please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and at Fantasy Gun Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotoviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.